Hey, good afternoon, folks. This is Steve Bradley, God's Wordsmith, and today I want to talk to you about Matthew chapter 15, verses 1 through 20. And I've titled this, It's What's Inside That Counts. Here's the text. It's fairly long, but I'm going to go ahead and read it. Then the scribes and Pharisees who were from Jerusalem came to Jesus, saying, Why do your disciples transgress the tradition of the elders? For they do not wash their hands when they eat bread. Jesus answered and said to them, Why do you transgress the commandment of God because of your tradition? For God commanded, saying, Honor your father and your mother, and... He who curses father or mother, let him be put to death. But you say, whoever says to his father or mother, whatever profit you might have received from me is a gift to God, then he need not honor his father or mother. This was actually a practice. It was called korban. The Pharisee could dedicate an item, say his house, to God, but he still got the use of it while he was alive. And he didn't have to give that, help his parents with that asset. So it was a really evil thing, but they did it. Thus, says Jesus, you have made the commandment of God of no effect by your tradition. And now Jesus is a plain spoken man, so here it comes, hypocrites. Well, did Isaiah prophesy about you saying, these people draw near to me with their mouth, and they honor me with their lips, but their heart is far from me. And in vain they worship me, teaching as doctrines the commandments of men. When he had called the multitude to himself, he said to them, it wasn't enough to just say this in the presence of the disciples, apparently. So he's got to talk to the crowds about it. He said to them, Hear and understand, not what goes into the mouth defiles a man, but what comes out of the mouth, this defiles a man. Then his disciples, apparently later, came and said to him, Do you know that the Pharisees were offended when they heard this saying? And Jesus apparently knew it quite well. He said, Well, every plant which my heavenly Father has not planted will be uprooted. Let them alone. Don't go try to make peace with them. They're blind leaders of the blind, and if the blind leads the blind, both will fall into a ditch. <clears throat> then Peter answered and said to him, Explain this parable to us. Uh, folks, it wasn't a parable. It was a plain statement of fact. So Jesus said, Are you also still without understanding? Do you not yet understand that whatever enters the mouth goes into the stomach and is then eliminated? But those things which proceed out of the mouth come from the heart, and they defile a man. For out of the heart proceed evil thoughts, murders, adulteries, fornications, thefts, false witness, blasphemies. These are the things which defile a man, but to eat with unwashed hands does not defile a man. And we'll see a little, a lot more about this later. So are we talking about the word of God or the word of men? And the commandments of God 
are greater and more important than the commandments of men. Now, this is a huge problem, not only in Jesus' lifetime, but afterwards. It is why every revival of which I have any knowledge moves back to the scriptures, particularly the New Testament, and considers them the sole source of understanding and the rule for obedience. Now, this is terribly vexing to many who want to define Christianity their way by either adding to or subtracting from the scriptures, because the Bible doesn't allow for that. True Christians are people of the Bible, in the sense that the Bible supersedes all human commands and all replacements for it, and our sole allegiance for life, understanding, and fellowship with God must be the scriptures, not any human system or theology, whether it's Roman Catholic, Greek, Orthodox, or Protestant, nothing is greater than scripture. And so says the Lord, who has magnified his word above all his name. So Jesus called for a return to the commandments of God and a rejection of the inventions of the Pharisees. And <clears throat> you can read what he said. I quoted it again. And it's an extremely important concept because it appears to be human nature to take the ideas and definitions of wise men over the word of God. Now, this is something I learned in seminary. I studied multiple theologies and theologians, and the single most prominent characteristic of all of them is that they were unable to leave the word of God alone. It wasn't enough to say that Christ died for the sins of men. They had to redefine which men. And some had to redefine which sins. They always tried to redefine and expand what God said until it was sometimes no longer what he said, but what they said. Now, this is exactly what the Jewish leaders did. And somehow those changes always conferred a benefit on those Jewish leaders that was not offered to others. And it remains the same today, by the way. When a person as a leader tries to get you to do something that is not in the Bible, <clears throat> or tries to make you abstain from something that is okayed by the Bible, he is seeking power over you. And you must stay with Scripture. Now, the second issue that Jesus deals with, dealt with, is the internal versus the external. Mark chapter 7 tells us that the Pharisees loved those rituals of theirs. And it was those rituals they used to offer themselves up as godly men. So Mark says the Pharisees and all the Jews do not eat unless they wash their hands in a special way, holding the tradition of the elders. When they come from the marketplace, they do not eat unless they wash. There are many other things which they have received and hold, like the washing of cups, pitchers, copper vessels, 
and couches. <clears throat> and these things supposedly made them better than the peasants, the disciples. Now, honestly, you can see Jesus' anger. He's enraged about this because it runs counter to what is everywhere written in Scripture and because it is so destructive to the soul. In Matthew chapter 15, verses 10 to 11, Jesus' response is, Hear and understand, not what goes into the mouth defiles a man, but what comes out of the mouth, this defiles a man. Now the Pharisees on their part, on their part were terribly offended, but Jesus responds to that, they're blind leaders of the blind. And this is a very important principle, folks. If you veer away from scriptures, you wind up being blinded by your own presuppositions and by your own thoughts. You always find a reason to believe what you want to believe other than the scriptures. Don't do that. So the disciples are actually confused by Jesus' position. They sort of think it's some kind of parable. But Jesus says, are you also still without understanding? Don't you understand that whatever enters the mouth goes into the stomach and it's eliminated? Those things which proceed out of the mouth come from the heart, and they defile a man. For out of the heart proceed evil thoughts, murders, adulteries, fornications, thefts, false witness, and blasphemies. These are the things which defile, but to eat with unwashed hands does not defile a man. And by the way, I don't think Jesus was advocating for dirty hands, nor do I. I think his point was the ritual didn't do anything. What did something was to change the heart. So Jesus' teaching about what is inside is supported by Scripture. <clears throat> and I just want you to consider for a moment this single passage. Behold, says David, you desire truth in the inward parts. In the hidden part, you will make me to know wisdom. Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a steadfast spirit within me. The sacrifices of God, God's basic rituals, are a broken spirit, a broken and contrite heart. These, O God, you will not despise. And so David is clearly saying, that what is inside rules over what comes out. The Pharisees attempted to control the inner person by controlling the outer person. And this led automatically to hypocrisy and pretense, which led to the evasion of truth, which led to the acceptance of evil because they could point to the rituals. And the thing is, if you have a ritual that you have designed so that you can evade the commandments of God, that is terrible. These guys, these Pharisees, lived in a world where what looked good 
made them good. Now that is not reality, but it is a huge problem today. Here's another example. Also, he spoke this parable to some who trusted in themselves that they were righteous and despised others. And so Jesus says, two men went up to the temple to pray, one a Pharisee and the other a tax collector. Now, the tax collectors were basically hated. They were hated because they were employees of the Roman government, and they collected taxes for the Romans, who were also considered oppressors and were hated. So the Pharisee stood and prayed thus with himself, God, I thank you that I am not like other men, extortioners, unjust, adulterers, or even as this tax collector. Now, it's very good that he's not like those people. But anyway, now he points to the things that make him different. I fast twice a week, and I give tithes of all that I possess. The tax collector, standing afar off, would not so much as raise his eyes to heaven, but beat his breast, saying, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. I tell you, says Jesus, this man went down to his house, the tax collector, that is, justified rather than the other, for everyone who exalts himself will be humbled, and he who humbles himself will be exalted. That's very important to realize that every single thing the, the Pharisee pointed to could be seen from the outside. The tax collector had very little to commend him. He was probably a, a wicked man. But when he came to God and honestly confessed his sins and sought relief and sought to be a man who was justified by God, he got what he asked for. So the Pharisee is proud of his external life. The tax collector is aware not only of his deeds, but also of what he actually is in his heart, a sinner. And as a confessed sinner, he can be forgiven and justified. This is a very important principle. If you confess your sins, you can be forgiven. But if you act like and pretend like you are righteous in and of yourself, you cannot. And so the Pharisee could not be forgiven because his religion was only skin deep and it depended on all the externals. And the overriding lesson here, folks, is change what's inside and the outside will follow. Now, the Old Testament also promised inner transformation. <clears throat> so this was not necessarily something that should have been unknown to the Pharisees. In Jeremiah 31, Jeremiah discusses the new covenant. And he says, Behold, the days are coming, says the Lord, when I will make a new covenant with the house of Israel and with the house of Judah, not according to the covenant that I made with their fathers, in the day that I took them by the hand to lead them out of the land of Egypt, my covenant, which they broke, <clears throat> although I was a husband to them, says the Lord. But this is the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel after those days, says the Lord. 
I will put my law in their minds, I will write it on their hearts, and I will be their God, and they shall be my people. The Israelites of old were always disobeying God. They were always rejecting his commands and replacing his commands with something else. Here is what God wants to do for every man and woman, not just for the house of Israel and the house of Judah, because Jesus expands this new covenant later on. And <clears throat> we read that he wants to write the laws of God on our hearts so that what we are represents what God wants. Now the Pharisees represented the broken covenant and the unchanged heart that relies on external righteousness because that's what they wanted. And on Judgment Day, folks, that will not be enough. I've known many people who rejected Christ because they thought they were good enough without him. There is no such thing as being good enough without Jesus. Jesus came to bring the new covenant into existence through his death and resurrection. And that the Last Supper, he tells us, he says, this is the new covenant in my blood. So <clears throat> the point is, that the inner person can be transformed by the grace of God and made new. And God has always sought this for his people. And though many found it, like David and the prophets and so on, more did not. Now, I'm not going to go into the conversion and redemption of, old, of people in the Old Testament here, but the point is that today there are many people who rely on externals that they have invented for acceptance with God, and God will not honor those. He's only going to honor his way, which Jesus explained later in Matthew chapter 23. Jesus is again talking to the Pharisees, and he's literally excoriating them this time. Blind Pharisee, he says, first cleanse the inside of the cup and dish, that the outside of them may be clean also. And so Jesus' answer to the Pharisees' external righteousness is this, cleansing the inside. And this is why in John chapter 3, when Nicodemus, who was a Jewish leader, comes to Jesus, the very first thing Jesus says to him is, you must be born again. And later on, he says, you must be born of the Spirit. That is the path to internal righteousness. And Jesus is simply stating in John chapter 3 what he always taught. The true religion comes from the inside through God's transforming power, through believing in Jesus and receiving his everlasting life. And this is one of the greatest themes of the Bible. When you turn to the Lord, he recreates you. As it's written in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. All things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. I remember years ago, 
this discussion occurred. And <clears throat> this gal was saying that she was now clean inside. This was being reported by a third party. She had recently come to the Lord. And she was clean inside because God had changed her heart. God had transformed her. And folks, that is what happens when you turn to the Lord. The externals come from the transformation inside now, and that's how God wants it. He doesn't want you to set up all kinds of rituals to prove how good you are. He wants you transformed from within so that you follow him. And if that's not you, it can be. I pray God blesses you richly today. And this is Steve Bradley signing off as God's wordsmith.